The Doctor is Death. Today on Podcast Magoria. Another episode of Podcast Magoria Halloween A to Z. I'm James. And I'm Autumn. <laughs> and today is our M movie, Madhouse. With the man himself mm. in it. Mm, mm, mm. Mr. Vincent Price. <laughs> we love him. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this movie. Made in 1974. It was the last movie that he made with the production company. Mm-hmm. It's, of course, not his last ever film. I think that this movie was a send-off mm-hmm. and kind of like a love letter to his just prolific career. Oh, yeah. Uh, this movie features a lot of clips from his previous works that they kind of re-edit to look like movies that he made in this movie's universe. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Like, from the first little clip that they show, I was mm-hmm. like, it that's one of his actual films, isn't it? Yeah, I was like, because I figured that they had filmed little fake scenes for his fake movies in this, mm-hmm. and I was just like, well, damn, Vincent Price is looking pretty young in this clip. Yeah. And it turns out that, oh, yeah, no, he is young, because this is from an actual movie. Yeah. This movie is directed by Jim Clark. This is the last movie that he directed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he directed a few things previous to this. However, directing is not his thing. It's editing is what he's known for. He uh, has won Academy Awards for his editing work. Mm-hmm. He has edited movies such as as Marathon Man, another classic wow. thriller. Yeah. Yeah. So we going into this movie knowing that he was an editor. Yeah. Uh, we were looking hard at editing, even though he did not edit this film. Which I think, all in all, this movie had pretty good, solid editing. So. Oh yeah. Guess he he hired somebody that really knew their stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I would say that everybody in this film, except for one crew member, and we'll reveal <laughs> later on who that crew member is. Yes. <laughs> if you if you can figure it out, be sure to comment below on our Facebook page uh, <laughs> to point out who you think the bad crew member is, and I will give you nothing. all right let's dig in the movie opens on a viewing party for the newest hot hip dr death movie and we know that we are in hollywood some (laughs) years ago yeah because that's literally how it opens yeah 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 (laughs) the the, the text on the screen hollywood some years ago (laughs) Uh, we are introduced to our main character, or Vincent Price's character, Paul Toombs. Mm-hmm. We learned that this is the fifth Dr. Death movie. Mm-hmm. We also are introduced to another horror classic actor, Peter Cushing. Yes, and I, I was like, okay, are there any more hot old men in this movie that I need to know about? Because seriously. <laughs> yeah, I was really hoping that we are going to get just throw all of them in there. Yeah. yeah. 
Peter Cushing plays Herbert Flay. He is the writer for the Doctor Death series mm-hmm. and close friend to Paul Toombs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh. We we end up meeting the third pinnacle of this story too, Miss mm-hmm. Ellen Mason. Yes. Which I've just got to comment on these names: Toombs, Flay, Mason. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I honestly yeah. do. As opposed to a, all these other movies that we've watched, we get properly introduced to pretty much every character. And yeah. each, it, they almost look at the screen and go, oh, by the way, folks, this is so-and-so. This is what they do. This is their name. And mm-hmm. we're going to use their names often. So keep track. Yeah. And we did. <laughs> we were able to this time, yes. Yeah. Come to find out this isn't just a film premiere. It's a New Year's it's party. It's a New Year's party, yeah. Even though presents are being given. Presents, yeah, so late Christmas. Uh, yes. Early New Year's. <laughs> viewing party. Yeah. It's a little weird. Yeah. They, <laughs> uh, they couldn't commit to what they wanted this party to be. Yeah. Uh, we also meet Faye because she confronts, she's yes. snarky. There is a lot, of, folks, there's a lot of shade at this party. Which, oh, yeah. it's a Vincent Price party, so of course there's shade. Yeah, no matter what anybody says to uh, Paul, who is <laughs> yeah, Vincent Price, yeah. he, he's got a good comeback. It is. He might as well be a drag queen. Okay. (laughs) I feel like this scene, and in one of the future party scenes as well, it feels almost like those uh, Vincent Price Halloween special sketches from SNL. Because it's just like, person comes up, says something crazy, Vincent Price has something to say back at him. Yeah. Just a lot of, just classic Vincent Price serving up a lot of snark. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, Faye comes up and she's just like, you got a new girl for the next film, huh? Well, Mm -hmm. I remember being the big girl. And and he's just like, yes, and that was many years ago. (laughs) Yes. Basically calls her old and ugly. (laughs) We, we, uh, presents are being given. We do see Ellen giving Paul a nice watch. Yeah, very nice. He loves it. Yep. And then... A stinker comes up and ruins the mood. Yep. Oliver. <laughs> yep. The former. He's a producer. He's a, he's a producer. And he comes up and introduces himself. Goes, oh, Ellen, how have you been? And then Paul's like, oh, you know Ellen? And yeah. And like, poor Ellen's eyes go like big as saucers. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out that Ellen has a history of doing some maybe not so tasteful yeah, productions. Yeah, some some nude flicks. That's right. And also slept with Oliver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Oliver puts that all out on display for uh, for Paul to hear. Yeah. Paul turns on a dime. Oh yeah. And it's just like, ooh, I hope that this watch didn't cost you too much from the money that you've saved up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, he just, just tears just, her down. Yeah, just destroys her. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks off. She goes up into uh, her room yeah. to cry. Yeah, because she really yeah. did just get destroyed by yeah. that surprise. Yeah. <laughs> then we see, we see leather gloves being put on. Is this a promotional stunt for the movie? Or is it the killer? <gasps> I think it's the killer because he gets a letter opener out of a fancy <laughs> box. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I first it looked more like a butter knife, and I was like, "Oh, he's gonna." Vincent Price is just putting on fancy gloves uh, to put jam on his toast. I mean, he seems the sort that would have like, "Oh, excuse me, while I put on my jam gloves." Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, went straight to letter opener, like. That makes more sense. It, it, <laughs> Cause it's a it's a fancy it's ass. It's supposed plate. to be like a knife for yeah. killing. I guess I don't know. I don't, like who keeps a letter opener in a fancy ass box too? It was really fancy. <laughs> uh, okay, guys, I'm not the fanciest. I'm not your Rudy to to high society type. <laughs> but I don't know. Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> so Ellen is all alone in the room. We get some. Excellent shots of the killer, like, yep. stalking up to yep. her room. Yep, creeping, creeping around. She hears something behind her. She looks behind her. She doesn't see the killer. Yeah. She goes to look for him. The killer was behind the curtain. Ah! Scream! We get a scream and a opening good... Opening credits. Yep, a good cut into the opening credits. And... I, yeah, you know, guys, I'm big about opening credits. That's right. I, I don't know why. They, they have to set the mood for the movie somehow, I guess. Yeah. But this one, I really enjoyed because they're showing all these Dr. Death, like, little screen caps. And I don't know. It's, it, it works. It does a good job of world building because yes. it's basically almost like a slideshow of movie poster scenes from, mm -hmm. you know, his career. Credits complete. We're back at the party. <laughs> Paul apparently just nodded off. Went to yeah. have <laughs> an ongoing theme. Vincent Price must have just been real sleepy during this production <laughs> because yeah. it seems like how the transitions seem to work in this movie is that they... Vincent Price must have been sleepy. Because every time a scene happens, it then transitions to him waking up. And I understand, and we'll get into a little bit more detail of that later on. I understand the idea there, but it just seems like every, it's just Vincent Price, Grandpa's waking up from a nap. Yeah, yeah. Or falling asleep. <laughs> or falling asleep. It's just always falling asleep, waking up, falling asleep, waking up. That's how you know when a part of the movie is over or about to begin. Yeah. <laughs> he wakes up. He's found with the gloves. Yes. He he wakes up. The gloves are there with him. He goes to check on Ellen, possibly to apologize for being, you know, so catty at the party. He goes to, into her room. He sees her sitting at her, uh, vanity. Her, her vanity. And he puts his hands on her shoulders and her head falls off. <laughs> it's, a, it's actually a great practical effect here for the 70s, Super too. Super great practical effect. The fake head looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Vincent Price's scream. <laughs> <laughs> Goofy as hell. Yeah. He's ah, got his whole mouth open. Ah. Like, you know Pretty that, like you know, that. like when a cat smells something funky? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Just a good way put to put Vincent it. Vincent Price's scream on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I want to also point out the fact that how we know that's a New Year's party and not a Christmas party is the fact that while he's walking to Ellen's bedroom, we hear uh, everyone down in the party singing. Uh, Odd Lang Sang, yeah, yeah. yeah. Singing that old New Year's tune. Cut to hospital. Yep, he, Guys. he went a little <laughs> mental after that happened to him. I'm going to tell you all right now, 
whiplash warning because we're going to be jumping mm -hmm. from scene to scene to scene real quick. There is just too much in this movie. I, I know that we we can kind of complained about that in regards to Lips of of lips of Blood. But it makes sense yeah, in this movie this one, when they cut. Every scene's necessary. Like every single little thing that happens in this movie is important to the plot. There's mm -hmm. no dicking around. It's, it's flat out important. So we're going to play this fast and loose and just soldier through because there is a crap ton of scenes that happen in a small amount of time mm -hmm. so bam hospital bed <laughs> the doctor is looking at vincent price he goes try to remember did you do it to which vincent price goes uh, i i don't know yeah he has no idea cut to we're now in an, uh, an office it's been <laughs> A few years mm -hmm. since the Hollywood party. Oliver is telling the story of Dr. Death to uh, who we end up finding out is Julia, the PR agent for Paul. Mm -hmm. We find out in a little bit. Uh, he tells her the story of how essentially Paul has gotten out of the business. He fills in all the blank spaces uh, as far as from the years back when the murder happens to currently. Basically, he went nuts. And doesn't want to have anything to do with Dr. Death or any, any, any film, television, none of it. We are now on a boat. <laughs> uh, we see that, for some reason, Paul likes to sleep with a copy of Oedipus next to his head. Yeah, I thought that there was going to be some sort of explanation for that somewhere down the line, but nope. Nope, he, he, he just, just likes it. He just likes to read about my Oedipus complex. Yeah, Paul is asleep. I want to point that out. He's sleeping. He and a girl in a low cut outfit comes into the room and is like, "Who, Paul?" Paul wakes up and he's instantly furious. Classic Vincent Price. Just, "What are you doing in here? Get out of my room, woman!" Well, I mean. <laughs> Rightfully so, because it's a random woman. Yeah, yeah. Because initially it looks like it's just that he's moved on and has a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that, no, this is an, a hungry actress that is trying real damn hard to get into his next picture. Additionally, she is also trying to blackmail him mm -hmm. into getting the role. Pretty much just stating that, hey... If somebody catches me in the room with you and it turns out that you don't let me in this movie, I'm going to tell everybody that you took advantage of me. She, while he's saying, I need you to get out of the room right now, knock, knock, a servant at the door, a waiter or whatnot from uh, guest services from the boat is there. He's got a bottle of champagne. Vincent Price is now arguing with the guy about the champagne. Meanwhile, Elizabeth, the hungry actress, pockets the watch that Paul was given by Ellen before mm -hmm. she died the yeah. night of the murder. Yeah, he ended up keeping it because I guess Ellen was really that important to him. Yeah, even though this, this is a theme in all of Vincent Price's movies is even though you can tell he hates women, <laughs> he still cares a little bit. A little That's bit. That's like, you know, House on Haunted Hill, like... Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Genuinely <laughs> hates his wife all the way up until pretty much the end where it turns out that he, he loves her. He really does. He loves to hate her, but mm -hmm. he genuinely loves her, and then it turns out she don't love him, you know, in, in case anybody needed to be explained what that movie is. <laughs> he gets her out of the room. Bam! Cut to... We're getting off the ship now, and yep. he is dressed to the nines here. 
Oh my god, guys. Vincent Price's style in this movie is to die for. Except uh, for his hat's a little fuzzy, but we won't get into that. It was the 70s. Fuzzy fedora. Need I say more? <laughs> he meets Julia Wilson, his PR manager. Liz tries to get into the car with them. Mm-hmm. And, and they're then, just and no, like, hell fuck no. off. <laughs> <laughs> Transition to the estate that he's going to be staying mm-hmm. at. We get a close-up of a bird statue with the sound of a peacock. I, I loved it. It was it was very on the nose. <laughs> like, there's so many little goofy moments like that that this could have been a, a relatively serious movie, and thank goodness that we have little shots like that that really break up, you know, what probably would have been. This movie would have drug a little bit had it not been for goofy things like that. So mm-hmm. thanks, bird statue. Paul walks to the house. It's Herbert's house. You know, the guy that writes Dr. Death, played by mm-hmm. Peter Cushing. And we find out that he wants Dr. Death back, and that's why he's yep. brought him out all this way. Yep, this big, he wants to do this big revival. To convince Paul to get back into Dr. Death, mm-hmm. Herbert shows him that he's got all the film reels of all the Dr. Death movies, and that they should watch some of it to get him back in the mood to do the movies. Yeah, and Paul this whole time, though, he's just like, no, I'm scared. Yeah, the character I, scares me. Yeah, he he really doesn't want to do this again. He yeah. He's mostly scared about his mental state because he he's thinking that it had a really big factor in Ellen's death. And what's neat about this is the fact that there is a part where while he's talking about this, he looks into like this, like... I don't know what it's called. It's like a little glass ornament or whatever. And it splits splits his face up into many faces, Mm -hmm. which I I think kind of just shows... Yeah, there's some symbolism here. It's good symbolism of like how he's a broken man. Mm -hmm. You know, that that he's broken apart into all these different things. Maybe also the the big face in the middle is Paul. All the little faces are representation of all the movies that he's made. Yeah. You know, it took a little piece of him. Yeah, it was Um, was an excellent scene. Really cool. Phone rings. (laughs) Uh, Herbert answers the phone He says that it's for Paul Paul picks up the phone There's no answer Who was phone? He goes, that's strange I thought you said they asked for me Herbert goes, oh no The voice on the phone didn't ask for Paul It asked for Dr. Death then Peter Cushing starts blowing out candles. <laughs> yeah, that was my. That's why I started laughing because it's my next note. He uses all his might to blow out these candles. Okay, but Vincent Price also does not know how to blow out candles. Yeah, I don't know. It. <laughs> I guess. It's, is that an old Hollywood yeah, thing? Yeah, because they're like <gasps> pretty much yeah, to yeah. blow them yeah, out. Yeah, they, they they blow as hard as they can to to extinguish these candles i probably really like just blew out the mic doing that sound but that's how yeah. how loud it is uh, <laughs> so peter cushing uh sorry herbert herbert puts on a classic dr death film mm-hmm. while uh, they're watching the movie we see that liz has managed to find her way to the property and is sneaking around a sneaky little bitch the scene that they're watching from this classic Dr. Death picture is of him being hypnotized. Mm-hmm. And we see that Paul is also starting to be hypnotized himself. Yeah. And he starts to kind of fall asleep. 
uh, Liz finds her way into the house, we see gloves of the killer being put on. As she's sneaking around, she sees a dark figure and then follows the dark figure outside. Now, this whole time she was looking for Paul, so she thinks that the dark figure is him. Mm-hmm. She follows him outside, goes through the garden, and then gets pitchforked in the throat. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I mean, yet again, really, really good. good practical effect really here. Really good effect, yep. Uh, I was really impressed. It, w- it was also during this scene, too, that it kind of made me realize that this movie is actually very pretty. Oh, yeah. All the scenes of her, like, walking through the garden and stuff, trying to follow this figure, mm-hmm. are just shot so well. Like, uh, we were talking about how each scene, there there's definite thought put into yeah. Yeah. each yeah. camera angle, um, the scenery, everything. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like, this movie does take its time to do some good world building, and it's not in a... The mistake that a lot of films make, even to this day... Mm-hmm. is they think that how you build tension is just pretty much have a long scene with nothing going on in it. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Like no. there's you 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 have a, you can have a long scene with things happening in it that's not it doesn't have to be all razzmatazz and action, but it also doesn't need to be someone silently walking across the room not knowing where they're going. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody knows where they're going. Everybody has a purpose in this film. We do find ourselves back. Yeah. In bed with Paul. Yeah, he's, Paul. He's dressed in his pajamas and everything. Yep. Paul wakes up from the sounds of thunder and Ari Autumn. <laughs> Here, here's, a, here's a nice little part for you to do. And, and listeners at home, you might be able to figure out who our crew member is. <laughs> that totally got fired. <laughs> the spotlight guy. I, I've talked about it in the past couple episodes now, mm-hmm. how I love a good spotlight. Yeah. This guy could not follow Vincent Price to save his life. Yeah, yeah. To to further explain for some of you not as savvy in film production and stuff, <laughs> uh, so Vincent Price lights some candles. Mm-hmm. And how this works in most movies is, especially older films, is when a character lights a candle, some... A guy off screen, you know, illuminates a spotlight and then follows him along. So you get the illusion of the light from the candle and the camera can actually pick up all the light. Because realistically, light from the candle, not so great on film. Mm -mm. When you have this, however, you need the person using the spotlight to actually stay on the target. Yeah, and know (laughs) when to softly turn up the spotlight too. Not just turning it on like like a switch. It needs to softly come on, yeah. and it needs to. And the person that has that's holding the candle should never be shrouded in darkness. Yeah, no. Because they're the source of light. Yeah, the it's this scene <laughs> and another scene. Yeah. The the third time we get spotlights, I yeah. guess they had a new person. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paul walks downstairs uh, to to discover that there is a record playing. Mm-hmm. Of of it's Vincent Price singing. Yeah. And uh, you know, good on him, good singer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we see that he's being stalked by a a, a lady. Uh, she pops out whenever he uh, realizes that he a tarantula lands on Paul's shoulder. <laughs> I guess uh, it was put down there on fishing wire or yeah, something because he, he beep. Beep. 
yeah, yeah. needed that sound effect. Yeah. And <laughs> Lancelot, he's like, Ugh. And the lady jumps out and she's like, he means no harm. Don't don't squish my spider. My, it's my pet. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out that this crazy spider lady is the actress from earlier in the movie, from years ago. And she she's had a rough time since that party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, old Spider Faye has had a real hard time since uh, she was in, in the pictures with him. Yeah, she started talking with them, and like why she's connected to the spiders is because her character in the Doctor Death film did end up dying by uh, spiders. That's right. And she's talking to him, saying, oh, Ellen's death really affected us. Uh, we eventually get to where she's talking about how she got so disfigured. Yeah. And it turns out these men essentially set her car on fire and pushed her down a hill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why she looks so rough. Yeah, yeah. We then cut to some boys playing outside and floating down the water next to where the boys are is a little boat with a dead body. <laughs> with the dead body of Liz. Yes. <laughs> Cut to detectives talking about Liz being killed, and they're talking to the foster, foster parents. parents of of Liz, and <laughs> a lot happens. It's yeah, like, bam, 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 bam. They're just acting like really weird in general because yeah. all that they care about is, oh, we raised her and we spent so much money on her. Yeah, that's essentially their biggest point. Is yeah. we spent so much money yeah, they, on her. Yeah, they're not. They're we not upset in. at all that she's dead. They're upset that they lost an investment. Essentially, mm-hmm. they they give a really odd look to each other once yeah. she's carted off. Yeah, yeah. They practically wink at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Which almost gives you a sense of motivation for these characters uh, and potential of you know, maybe they're who's doing the killing or something. Yeah. Cut to breakfast. <laughs> breakfast with, with Paul and Herbert. Paul my and favorite Herbert. morning show. <laughs> yeah, Paul's just kind of confronting uh, Herbert about Faye. Herbert kind of brushes it all yeah. off. It's yep. just like, uh, pretty yep. much. <laughs> and uh, we learned from the radio that uh, Liz is dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cut to Paul and Herbert <laughs> meeting with Oliver. Uh, he's wanting to do a TV production of Dr. Death. I swear we're not skipping anything, guys. <laughs> yeah. No, we just learned about her death. We get a face from Vincent Price. Bam. At the producer's office. At the producer's office. Paul was being snarky with the, uh, with, uh, with Oliver. Mm-hmm. He then confronts Herbert about going, of all the producers in the world, it had to be that one. And it's just like, well, he's the one that wants to make the production. And come on, you're an actor and you know how to deal with uh, stuff, don't you? And he goes, ah, you're right. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> he changes his mood so quickly in this movie. Cut to footage of a, doc- a Dr. Death movie. Turns out a detective is watching <laughs> watching yeah. footage of the movies because he's starting to piece together that these deaths are similar to scenes from Dr. Death's movies. Yeah, he, he is pretty suspicious. His his boss pretty much comes in to yell at him, why are hey, you watching you doing? movies? Yep. <laughs> And then he explains himself, and the and police chief, let's say, is just like, all right, as you were. 
Now we're on a set for Doctor the Doctor Death show. Bam, happened, we're already there. It happened that fast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we're seeing Paul get into his awesome uh, Doctor Death makeup. Yes. <laughs> he goes on the set. They're starting to do, uh, shoot a scene. Uh, <laughs> it's another one of those Vincent Price mwah, chef's kiss moments where they're walking over to the corpse of a, uh, of a person in a bed. Yeah. He uh, is working with a new actress. Yeah, he's working with a new actress that's supposed to be the new lead, female lead for this production. Uh, <laughs> she's carrying his doctor's bag. They go up to the body. He's just like, okay, now pass me the scalpel. And, and it takes and her she, a good she, minute to get she's, it. She's, and he's she's just fumbling. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I thought, initially I thought his reaction was actually supposed to be how his reaction is supposed to be in the scene. But it turns out that, no, Paul is just pissed yeah like it turns he's just like why don't you learn how to act faster and why are you taking no he said he said i said with haste oh that's right <laughs> that's said what the character haste. said <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but he is a professional james yeah, yeah he is a professional not a diva a professional yeah because yeah. he yells at her to not look at the camera yeah, oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> cut to costume party yep after that, after that little scenario, we're at a costume party. Yeah, it had to have happened directly after filming the scene because mm -hmm. he's still in his makeup for Doctor Death, but however, mm -hmm. everybody else now is made up to be monsters, ghouls, and stuff. I really appreciate the fact that they had Peter Cushing dressed up like a vampire. Yes, it was cute. A nice little nod to his career. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see Oliver conspiring with the act, the new actress, mm -hmm. about how essentially he plans on killing off the character of Doctor Death, so mm -hmm. then she can be the new lead. Which I don't even think that would have worked back then anyway. No, it wouldn't have worked at all. Nobody would have watched it. I think it was just his way of trying to keep her on the production. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> the actress <laughs> goes and confronts Paul. Uh, <laughs> Not talking to her. Yeah, or ignoring yeah. Why, her. Why are you ignoring me? And he, <laughs> he drops a cherry stem down her cleavage. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I don't even remember what he said. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Because it was a it good was, little quip, but that, that drop of the cherry stem yeah, was just It was, great. it over, it overshadowed anything. He could have said the, the wittiest thing of all, but... The action of him dropping the cherry stem down her cleavage was the exclamation point on the on the word. Yes. <laughs> uh, she makes her way upstairs because she's upset. Yeah, also drunk. Yeah. And we now are having a viewing party. Uh, Oliver is trying to make this kind of, you know, it's, it's the wrap party for their first you know, day of production yeah. and stuff. So he's trying to make it special. And so he's just like, I'm going to put on a clip from one of Paul's old movies. Uh, I promise it won't be too long because I know everybody's going to be bored by it. You know. Yeah, it was very rude. Passive aggressive uh, dick. Uh, actress goes off and plays some pinball. <laughs> Paul. He's getting sleepy he's again. He's getting sleepy again, but he gets up and starts to walk off in a trance. <gasps> mm. Huh. Is he the killer after all? I don't all? know. The lights go out in the in what I've nicknamed the rec room. Yeah, uh, the rec room. Where she's playing pinball. And for some reason, all the exercise equipment starts coming on. Yeah. For a second, I was like, okay, does he, does he actually have psychic power? 
wires? How is all right. this stuff turning yeah. on? Like, well, and the thing is, the lights go out. It seems like the power has gone out. However, now all these electronics are coming on. I don't know. Different circuit breaker, I suppose. Dr. Death appears and strangles the actress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. We get a good scream from her. Yep. And she is hung. Yep, the, the, well, the PR, Julie uh, walks in and finds, oh, she's looking for Paul. She finds the glove on the floor and then finds the hung actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Paul leaves the party, just simply leaves, and we see that the foster parents of the actress that was killed earlier is stalking him. Yeah. Ooh. Paul tells... <laughs> It just keeps going. Paul Paul tells uh, Faye about that he thinks he confesses to her. Yeah. He's like, you know, essentially, I keep blocking out, and every time this happens, someone dies. Yeah. I th- think I'm the killer. It's weird that Faye, of all the people, is the one that he decides to really confine in, especially when she has... She's w- went a little cuckoo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I guess he just trusted her the most not to say anything. Yeah, we essentially see the investigators, you know, they find the glove, they, you, th- you think that they're just like, oh, well, glove is totally Paul's. However, one of them actually has Oliver try it on, mm-hmm. going, well, you're a suspect, and Oliver's pissed about that. Yeah. Which, I mean, I thought Oliver was the killer, too. Yeah, we, we had a total uh, Cinderella situation going on where they were trying to get yep. people to try on the glove. Yep, Paul ends up. Packing it up to leave town, because that's not suspicious at all. No. Uh, police. <laughs> He's uh, met by the investigators, yeah, though. Yeah. They and, stop him. And they're just like, no, you're coming to the police department. He's like, okay. We see the parents watching from the bushes again, okay. in case you guys missed the plot that these guys are watching. Yeah, that they're <laughs> shady as heck. Right? <laughs> Essentially, the police tell... Paul at the department uh, what their theory is that he's potentially acting out all, all the killings from his movies. Paul's just like, that's preposterous because well, that would be the most obvious way for me to, to get caught yeah. is to kill actresses in the ways that I've killed characters in movies. That's stupid. Yeah. They, <laughs> they essentially don't find out anything no. from Paul. No. Uh, <laughs> Paul returns to Herbert's house followed by the parents. Yeah, they finally confront him. Yes, and they have this blackmail plan for 10,000 pounds. We need 10... 2,000 uh, pounds. 2,000 pounds. I think later on they turn it to 10,000. Yeah, like, I think they, so. They up it a little bit. Well, you know, inflation. But, uh, yeah, so they're just... They don't... And they explain, essentially, that they don't care about the girl. They care about the money. Yeah. And they've got the watch that she had stolen. And so that's going to be the evidence to get him locked up if he doesn't pay. Yeah. He's pretty much just like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> as, as he would in and, real and, life. And, which he says to them, leave me alone or I'll kill you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way he delivered that line was great. Yeah. <laughs> he, all right. We go right back to the set of the show, and the director of the show is showing Paul how to use this... It's basically like a slowly moving top to the canopy bed that is supposed to almost crush Dr. Death. Mm-hmm. And so the director is like, okay, well, you just press the green button, and then when it gets down so far, you press the red button, and it stops. 
And, you know, Paul's just like, okay, well, walk me through the scene. And the director gets into the bed. He's like, okay, press the green button. And we see that he gets, you know, latched, essentially, to the bed. Yeah. But, uh uh-oh, the buttons don't work. (laughs) It was sabotage. Sabotage. And the director is crushed. Everybody's screaming. Paul walks off. Paul goes back to the mansion. Now, I've got I've got two things I have to say about this, folks. Is one, this guy is surrounded by death. How is he able to come and go as he pleases? Yeah, like the police haven't stopped nobody, him from going anywhere. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nobody on set even stopped him. Right? Like And then especially from this point on, he's still just running around freely. Yeah. Like, he flat out killed somebody with witnesses. Now, we yeah. know that it wasn't on purpose. Yeah, it was but, an accident. But they don't know that. And Why wouldn't he like, get pulled in? Him him running away from that is right? suspicious. Yeah. Immediately leaves. Doesn't say sorry. Just <laughs> just leaves. Yeah, and not then, call an ambulance, something. Yeah, yeah. Point number two, how close is this house to the studio? Right. Because they're bouncing back and forth between, like, for the rest of the movie, he is jumping back and forth between Mm -hmm. Herbert's house and the studio. Is the studio on the same property? I don't get what's going on here. Yeah, it might be within a walking distance. It has to be. Like, absolutely has to be. (laughs) Well, when he gets back to the mansion, he sees the parents are still there waiting because they said they would wait to get the money. Yep. Uh, he tells he, them to F off again. Yeah, he tussles with them a little bit. We see that the father drops the watch. Mm-hmm. We go back to set. Yep, back to set again. <laughs> the investigators are looking into it. However, Julia is not so convinced that it's Paul that's yeah. up to these misdeeds. She goes to do some investigating of her own and starts to go looking around in Oliver's office, mm-hmm. trying to see if she can find something out. Unfortunately... She's caught by Oliver, who gives her a look. Yeah. And it's just like, uh-oh. Yeah, she sees a little snippet of something mm-hmm. on one of the pages. It kept flashing back and forth, so I didn't exactly get it read. Yeah. But I think the gist of it was that there would be another person to take yeah. of in- Dr. Death's place in the event of Paul's death. Correct. Paul wakes up again. Yep. Uh, I guess he got wore out from death and wrestling with foster parents. And running back and forth. And running back and forth. Uh, looks out the window and sees that the watch is in the yard. Huh. We get a shot of the killer putting on gloves again. <laughs> and the killer has picked up the watch and is... <laughs> he's doing the... the. It's like a carrot with a horse. Mm-hmm. He's uh, <laughs> dangling it going, yeah. So the parents are following... The, the killer into the house. Yep, thinking that it's Paul trying to give them the money. They follow him somewhat upstairs to which he then impales them on a sword. Yep. <laughs> Paul, I get Paul didn't wake up for seeing the watch thing, I just realized, because we get, unless Paul took another nap from seeing the watch, because this <laughs> is where Paul wakes up again. I can't keep track of how many times he falls asleep yeah. and wakes up, guys. Because <laughs> Paul wakes up to a phone call. It's Julie setting up a meeting with him at the studio. Yep, Julia wants to meet up because she's got information. Julia is setting up a meeting with Paul. At the studio. We're reiterating this because... Because of the next scenes. <laughs> okay. She's supposed to be meeting him. We see Paul arrive at the studio. Cut to Faye kiss, making out with spiders. Yep. 
she goes looking for Paul. She goes into his room, starts uh, rubbing all over his clothes like a cat in heat. <laughs> she finds the bodies of the parents in his wardrobe. Cut to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Serious whiplash right there. <laughs> Paul gets prepared. Uh, he's getting dressed in his Dr. Death garb. He's not putting on the makeup. He's just putting on that, you know, hat, cloak, and all that business. <gasps> but what's this? The killer is coming down the hall. So Paul isn't the killer then. I knew it. That's crazy. We get a chase scene. We get some <laughs> high action folks on the set of the Dr. Death show. Yeah. Uh, the killer is trying all sorts of things yeah, to kill Paul. Yeah, he, he gets, gets a battle axe. Yeah, he gets a battle axe right <laughs> off the, the wall. Yeah. Paul ends up getting stuck on the mechanical bed. Yep. And the killer's pressing the button to get him crushed. But Paul kicks the killer and manages to break himself loose from the from the bed. And uh, that scene happens really fast. It happens I, so crazy I looked, fast. I was looking down writing notes, and I look up, and he's in the elevator. I'm like, yeah. well, how did he get out yeah, of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul jumps into an elevator, goes down to the, uh, the next basement level, which then, I, my note says this. Wait, Paul is on a talk show? Yeah. Because he leaves being chased by a killer... And then it walks onto the set of a talk show to which he's he's going to be the guest on. And this doesn't just, make any sense. Yeah, and they just let him go ahead and come on. They're yeah. like, oh, you're early, but yeah. hey. Yeah, come on. Oh, great. Paul's here. And we then see Julie going to Paul's dressing room to meet up with him for the meeting that she has scheduled. Yeah. So the only thing I can figure is that she was wanting to meet with him before going on to the talk show. Yeah. But it just made, the way that that scene was set up made it feel like she was just wanting to meet him somewhere safe, more or less. And it's it just, that that doesn't, it was so weird. Yeah. Uh, while, while he's being interviewed though, of course, they're showing clips of his movies. Yep. Uh-oh. Yep. Paul getting sleepy. Oh, so snoozy. I do really want to point out though, because they're showing Pit and the Pendulum scenes. Yep. And the one particular scene that they're showing is the pendulum coming down on the guy. Yeah. And I, I I wanted to point this out because it's another point of symbolism in this movie, mm -hmm. which I'm sure there's a ton of symbolism that we just weren't oh. able to point out yet. It goes so fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, because we literally see Julia is looking around for him. Oh, we yeah. see the investigators are looking for him and we see that Oliver is coming back and forth in and out of the interview room essentially. Yeah, and uh, out of the audience and then also I mean like yeah, the pendulum for sure in this scene is definitely a representation of what is literally yeah. happening. The gauntlet's fixing yeah, to come yeah, down. Yeah, it is straight up. Yeah, this is a big deal. Julia goes uh, into, you know, she's she's poking around in the office again, and darn it if she doesn't get killed. Yep. She gets <laughs> pursued by a killer yep. and killed. Yep, she gets chased by a killer into the elevator, and uh, the killer strangles her. Mm-hmm. The thing to point out here is the fact that as soon as that happens, we see Oliver walking back into the studio audience watching the the interview show. So, uh-oh, is Oliver the killer? Hmm, that's, that's <laughs> suspicious. For whatever reason, they decide to show another clip of another movie from uh, Paul, uh, another Dr. Death uh, scene. 
And while that's playing, the clip ends, and the, the interviewer looks over, and Paul's gone. What? Yep, he disappeared. <laughs> he did what he does best. Disappeared. Which, it, it's like in the middle of this, sitting there, he realizes, oh shit, I had a meeting scheduled with uh, Julia. I need to go find her. Mm-hmm. He goes to the dressing room where he was going to meet her. Mm-hmm. She's sitting at the vanity. And she's dead. And she's dead. And we get another We get the another good scream from Vincent Price. <laughs> ah. Ah. <laughs> and he f- just completely goes off the deep end. Yeah, he has a complete breakdown. We see flashbacks to the night of his fiance being killed, and he start he kind of starts blurring the line of reality where yep. he thinks that it's her, and he starts you know he's he he picks her up and he's his car. Call- yeah, yeah, he's calling Julia Ellen now. Yeah, he's calling her Ellen. He carries her to the set of Doctor Death, and has a wonderful monologue. Yes. Uh, this is, you know, Vincent Price, if, if there's anything that can be said about Vincent Price, it is that that man and monologues are just a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, or in this case, a match made in hell. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but he is just, say we will, you know, this movie, uh, I think, is definitely the kind of film that people, maybe if you're not a fan of 70s horror and God help you if you're not a fan of, like, classics with Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not appreciate it that much, but at the very least, anybody that appreciates acting and, and stagecraft and, and monologue delivery... Mm-hmm. This Study scene, him. Yeah, this scene, he just... I mean, the pain in mm-hmm. his voice and just how he just goes and talks. And then you see him, he goes from being, being sad... To being crazy, yeah, which is another Vincent Price thing where he does it so well, where he just you you always get to see him lose his mind, mm-hmm. and you see him lose his mind during this monologue, mm-hmm. and he decides that Doctor Death will become Death himself, for Doctor Death must die, yeah, and he sets fire to the set and sets fire to himself. Mm-hmm. All while filming this. So he kind of made a final snuff film. Oh. I didn't think about it like that, but that's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. But yeah, it is a fantastic scene. It is though. beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. Cut to Herbert and Oliver in the office. Yep. Oliver seemingly excited about the fact that Paul's Paul, dead. Yeah. You know, which makes you still go, okay, well, now we're seeing the two conspire. Mm-hmm. You know, because I had my suspicions about Herbert, but this was like confirming that where I was like, oh, okay, yeah, they were working together to kill yeah. Paul. Maybe they were just trying to get him off the project, but this is it. This is confirming it. However, this whole time, Herbert is reluctant about taking over the reins as Dr. Death mm-hmm. and is just like, it's such a shame that Paul had to die because he was so close to me. And Oliver's just like, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> yeah. He... Oliver hands Herbert the film canister of the death, essentially, of Paul. Mm-hmm. And goes, here's the final scene. Which I'm just like, okay, how did that film survive? Right. Film <laughs> is a tricky beast. And when exposed to heat, it doesn't tend to do well. The British should know 
fully <laughs> about that. Oh, man. <laughs> with their multiple BBC fires. Goodness, that's some shade thrown. <laughs> we cut to Herbert in his little viewing room in his home. He's now wearing the Dr. Death costume. He looks pleased with himself yeah. now. His demeanor has changed. Yes. Yeah, you almost see a change in character. The mask has been lifted. Mm-hmm. He turns on the video and is sitting there drinking his wine and enjoying essentially watching the death of Paul. Yep. This scene is freaking cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, we do get a little laugh though out of this scene. We do get a little laugh because we're you're watching the the fire. Yeah, but the scene the part that we didn't see <laughs> is that Paul flops onto the table. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you don't see it when he initially dies, you know, in the actual movie scene. But then with this footage, you see Paul like the most. Vincent Price does the most dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> onto, yeah. <laughs> onto the table. But then we see Paul get up. He's not dead. He ain't dead. No. He starts to walk towards the camera. And then this part blows my mind. Yes. I don't know how, like, I don't they, know how, <laughs> how this works. They had framed perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Somehow, somehow, Paul knew that Herbert was going to watch the footage of his death. I'm presuming has been hiding in his house uh-huh. until this very moment. I don't know where he was crouched down at, but it's it's a neat transition because when he walks towards the camera on the footage, he then essentially comes out of the screen. Yeah. And you know, Harvard's like, "Whoa, this is impossible. You're dead." Yeah. And 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 we pretty have... much just spills the beans right yeah. there, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah. was supposed to be Doctor Dead. Yeah. I wrote that part for me, not for you. And and yeah, and just he ends up pulling a sword off the wall to kill <laughs> Paul. Finally, we have a great sword fight. I did make a little joke though, going, "Oh, because they're sword fighting at the top of the stairs." I said, oh, so they're going to fall down the stairs and break their hips and die because th- these are two really old men. Yeah, yeah. It's an elderly man sword fight. But but they do a good job with yeah, it. Yeah. It looks good. And I, I will say this. You know, you give up a good point. It, it's almost a shame that they both did, in true Vincent Price movie style, they both should have died. Yeah. Because most of Vincent Price's movies end, you know, not only with him dying, but also it's an irony. All yeah. of his movies are ironic, where it, it's at the end, no matter what he does, essentially, he never wins. Yeah. I would dare say this is like the first movie where he wins. Yeah. <laughs> well, we gotta get to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, let's, let's get that. Whoa. So, sword fighting <laughs> happens, and we think Paul's gonna get it. However, Faye, Spider Faye. Hey. Yep, she, she saves the day. She saves the day. She stabs the shit out of Paul and <laughs> pushes him down the stairs. And yep. then... He falls into the spider farm. He fall, yeah, he falls into the spider farm. The spiders eat him. We get this weird transition of him dissolving basically into a skeleton. Yeah. Then Faye is just like, oh, my little babies, you ate every scrap off his bones. <laughs> they, they really did make quick work of his body. Yes, they did. So, yeah, good job, babies. Uh, we see Paul at, his, at a vanity applying makeup. Mm-hmm. And this, like, the movie should have ended 
either with with the reveal that I'll get to that with my final words. Let's just <laughs> let's just finish this movie real quick. He's putting on makeup to look like Peter Cushing. Yeah, he's putting on prosthetics, <sighs> and uh, those are two vastly different face shapes. But okay, face shape, body shape, mannerism, all of it. I don't care how good an actor you are. There is no way in hell you're gonna go from big lumbering Vincent Price yeah. to teeny tiny Peter Cushing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, it was it's kind of a silly ending. That's silly. Yeah, and he goes and sits down at the dinner table uh, with Faye. Yeah. And Faye ends the movie with serving him a dinner of red hair. And they both laugh to themselves. <laughs> the the end. end. Wow. All right, Autumn. <laughs> How do you feel about this movie? I loved it. Oh, yeah. I honestly did. I know, it, I mean, we mentioned it. It does sound like there's a lot of, like, jumping back and forth, back mm-hmm. and forth. Yeah. But but it all fits in place. It all makes sense. Yeah. It's a beautiful movie. Some great acting's in it. Like, oh, absolutely. I would honestly put it up in probably one of his better films. Oh, yeah, yeah. This movie is is just all around. Yeah, my, my verdict is beautiful. I love it. I'm going to watch it way more yeah. than just the one time, especially yeah, because so- of the fact that this movie has a ton going on in it, and it was it was a flat-out nightmare to write notes. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was... The difference between this and some of the other movies where I'm just like, God, can you guys just slow down? is the fact that, you know, the other movies, it was a lot of stuff happening for no apparent reason, you mm-hmm. know, or the movies were really short, so they didn't have a whole lot of, like, exposition or they didn't have a whole lot of establishing scenes in between. This movie, every single thing happens in it for a reason, and it's so good, and I love it. I am now, honestly surprised we haven't seen it before. It's so crazy to me. Like, I, I don't know how I missed it. Yeah, I, um, uh, I love Vincent Price, and I... I don't think that I've had the opportunity to ever really see this movie, and I'm so happy I finally saw it. Um, Now, for me to criticize it a little bit. (laughs) I will say that this movie should have ended, I think, whenever it is revealed that Herbert was the killer. Mm -hmm. If it would have just ended there. If it would have just ended him watching the footage of Vincent Price's death and him laughing to himself, it just faded out on that, I would have been fine with it. Yeah. It would have left kind of a loose end with Faye, but in my opinion, Faye, other than being the character that kills Herbert, yeah. she's an unnecessary character. Yeah. We uh, didn't need her. I do enjoy her time on screen because she's just so kooky, but... Yeah, yeah, well, and big Patricia Quinn vibe. Oh, yeah. Like, I am very curious to... to like, I wish that I could know if... Perhaps Patricia Quinn was a fan of this movie mm-hmm. and this actress and then used some of that crazy energy for her character in Rocky Horror. Yeah. Because it just, the whole time I was thinking myself, I was like, God, if I remade this movie, I would want Patricia Quinn to be her. Yeah, Because for sure. it's just like, this is, I would have the, the gap between Dr. Death, you know, like b- between like the murder of the actress at the viewing party to current time mm-hmm. be like 20 or 30 years yeah instead of it just being what would be i would assume like five mm-hmm. maybe i would have it be a bigger gap so you could have younger actors play the characters during that part so then just so i could have patricia quinn as that mm-hmm. as that actress just so uh-huh. i could explain her age yeah 
But don't remake this movie, please, guys. Yeah, no, no, no. Because, no, no, no. like, it, it, it's perfect the way it is. It's honestly an homage to all of Vincent Price's work. Yeah. Because that, yeah. that it, you're right, it does feel like... It's, it's a send-off. It's, yeah, it's a yeah. send-off since it shows all the clips. If this was his... If, if Vincent Price would have died... Like right after the filming of this movie, it would have been a really good one to. It would have been like, oh yeah, okay, like on, it's yeah. like, well, how you know? It would then then there would have been like you know Hollywood rumors. Did he know? You know? <laughs> but not that. Like I'm glad that Vincent Price lived as long as he did because oh, yeah, again, of love that man. <laughs> However, like that is just that would have been that was a good movie to end on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the end of another episode of Podcast Magoria, Halloween A to Z. What we got list next on the list, James? Well, our next movie starts with N, and it is Necropolis. Huh. I don't know anything about this movie. We're going in blind. Me, me neither, yeah, honestly. So, so. so that's exciting. Oh, and of course, one last thing is... You can find Madhouse on Amazon Prime. Ah. And also, if you have a subscription to Epics, does anyone have a subscription to Epics? Eh. I mean, like, someone they, has to. They're doing better than CISO ever did, so. Ooh. Oh, that's just mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, all right, folks. That is the end of another podcast, Magoria. As always, remember to stay spooky. Ooh. Bye. Bye. Podcast Magoria Production, co-hosted by Autumn Campbell and James Davis. Music by James Davis. Like what you heard? Be sure to subscribe at Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcast. Additionally, you can follow us at Facebook, Twitter, and visit our website at podcastmagoria.wordpress.com. And remember to stay spooky. Mm-hmm. <laughs>